0: I'm you it. you Good morning, it's a beautiful day, live from the parking lot, as I'm wont to do, live from the old Shop and Save parking lot here in Westover, West Virginia. How's everybody doing man? I'm doing alright, you know, warm winter day loving it of course you always got that third of a snowstorm looming but things are good hopefully you enjoyed episode 50 with my wife Angel Conley uh, I-, I was nervous I can be completely honest with you uh, you know it was it was different like I thought I'd be more nervous with dad but I mean me and him just started rapping and that took off, and it, it was the same thing with Angel because it's, it's like there, there's a lot of personal stuff on there, like about our relationship and stuff. But I actually re-listened episode one last night of Hyphen Nation, uh, predicting the 2015 NFL playoffs wild card round. Went back and listened to it, and. In in the two years, man, it's it's just incredible how far the show has come. <coughs> Excuse me, got a little cold. I'm fighting. This episode sponsored by SunKissed. I gotta stop drinking soda. But went back and realised episode one, and it was nuts. I mean, I I did that one in the parking lot at my at my job at my old location. Winging a prayer on my laptop and Audacity and my headset mic, which I, I still use for Skyping with my semi-regular co-host Marcus Robinson, among others. I feel like things just feel different, you know? I'm in a good place. I'm in a I just I just listened to I'm still listening to it now. Uh, combat Jack, combat, combat, combat. Jack episode. Oh my God, combat Jack episode. The Denon Porter episode, and I've always been a fan of Denon's production. But a few years ago, he released an EP called "Stuff in My Backpack," and on this episode, of Combat Jack, he's talking about the album and. His first uh, solo release, and as far as I know, still his only (coughs) full project, despite claims that he says he's gonna put out an album. But I mean, when you're a producer and then one of your best friends is one of the biggest rappers in the world, and they just dropped, I mean, since that's come out, I wanna say Marshall Mathers LP2 and Revival have both come out, which I still haven't listened to. And he got this one joint on there called uh, God's Laugh, I believe it's called. And the hook is just incredible. And all the music that I heard from from the EP is incredible. I'm going to cop that. Throw it on the iPod. Baby Driver over here. iPod Classic. But that's my first recommendation right off the back is Denon Porter's stuff in my backpack. Shout out to Detroit, man. What up, though? We got some some topics. We got some topics to get into. So, I guess the first one I want to talk about is I briefly touched on it in episode 49 about loving Kevin Durant's heel turn. As I'm wont to do. And yes, I just said once, twice in the first ten minutes of the podcast. I don't care, I don't care. I think I've changed my mind on Kevin Durant. In episode 18, I was unhappy with his decision. And I looked at it from a pure competition standpoint as as I can't beat the Warriors. Let me go sign with them. But I've been listening to Bill Simmons. Man, got back on my Bill Simmons stuff, and I decided I was going to add all his episodes with, uh, with with Kevin Durant and check him out because I believe he's done three, maybe four, but definitely three. First one was uh, shortly before All Star break last year. Second one was. Shortly after his knee injury that kept him out, uh, I believe he was out the rest of the regular season. He may have came back for a few games before the playoffs. And then uh, there's the episode after they've won the championship, after they beat the Cavs. I haven't listened to that one yet. But Marcus, I'm going to tell you right now, man. I don't know if you check these out. But uh, he, he got that DMV in him, man. Same, same DNA that me and you got, more so towards you because y'all from DC. I'm, I'm, I'm a West Virginia transplant. I, I basically say I was born and raised in West Virginia because I was here. I've been here most of my life. Only in Virginia for nine years, and it wasn't the DMV then. And I don't really feel like Virginia ever got a chance to really rub off on me. And as you heard in the episode with my dad, episode thirty nine. He he said he wanted to get me out of Virginia to keep both me and him out of out of trouble. He saw he kinda saw the writing on the wall and where things are going and he wanted he wanted better opportunities for both of us. So he he's just I mean, we put these dudes on such pedestals. These athletes, these artists, these actors, these directors. Anybody that's in the public eye, we put them on such a pedestal. And we tend to forget, especially me, especially in the age of the hot-ass take. Trademark Marcus. I don't know if he's the first one to say it. That needs to be a t-shirt, too. Hot-ass take. <coughs> Excuse me. We We tend to forget that these people are people, too. And you know what, maybe, maybe when he hold himself up in the Hamptons in 2016 and he had the teams all coming to visit him, the Celtics, the Warriors, uh, OKC, of course, I think there may have been, Miami, Miami was one, I really actually thought he was going to Miami because Pat Riley is a wheeler and dealer like that. Hey, look, fan of the show, Cat, Cat's walking by. Um he he may have been like, You know what? I really want to be in, put myself in the best position to win, and as insane as it sounds, I can go to Golden State and be a part of what they already have. They were <laughs> three basketball games away from winning a second straight title in 2016. Of course, fate intervened. Cavs won it. It was miraculous. Still one of my favorite sports stories. As the Cavs finally got off to snide last night. And won a game after an eight game losing streak or something like that. But when it comes down to it, I mean... This this is what it is with Kevin Durant. Drafted by Seattle. Played a, a year in Seattle. the team moved to OKC in 08 I believe don't quote me then from 08 to 2016 he was was Oklahoma City's golden child my mother-in-law Janice loved Kevin Durant because my uh, I guess it would be my (laughs) aunt-in-law my (laughs) aunt-in-law her sister Marlene lives in Oklahoma and she hates the Sooners, loves the Cowboys, lives and dies with the Mountaineers, because she's from here, obviously. And they're big Durant fans. She always say, "My little boy Kevin," and and then as as he progressed at OKC, especially after he came back from the foot injury, she's like, "Oh well, Ke- Kevin, Kevin's being mean and all of this," and and he and Durant actually touched on that in the interview. Where he's like, I know these people. Like I, I, I'm not here, holed up in my house, like never being out. Like I, I embraced OKC. I have friends in OKC. People I still talk to in OKC. He wanted to stay in OKC. A part of him did, but but he also wanted. To take on a new challenge. The Thunder had went as far as they could go. With Westbrook and Durant as a tandem. And yes. They too were three basketball games away from. Defeating the Warriors. In the 2016 Western Conference Final. But he wanted new opportunities. He wanted to see new things. And there's nothing wrong with that. So much like my uh, embargo with Beyoncé was lifted. I forget what I did. I don't know if it was a year after Lemonade or when I officially took that off the table. I'm lifting my Kevin Durant embargo. So I am once again fully a Kevin Durant fan unless I'm playing 2K against Eric Jordan. Who will murder you with Kevin Durant if you don't play tight defense, which I can do on him. So so I've come come around on Kevin Durant. <sighs> Still don't love it, but there's no denying what he is able to do in the NBA Finals against LeBron, especially game three. Hmm. That three pointer he nailed on LeBron's grill was pro is one of the, easily one of the best NBA m- moments in NBA Finals history. I think he doesn't hit that three. Maybe the Cavs still one. Maybe they still two. Hell, maybe the Cavs do win in seven, like I predicted. But it is what it is. Next topic. I should call this Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. I'm I'm just in a certain place. I believe it was episode 27 or 28. It's the one that has Cody Rhodes flipping off Jay Lethal on the cover that I had to blur out. Because <laughs> this is a family, well, it's not really a family-friendly show, but at least I want our work to be family-friendly. The best wrestler in the world. I asked Angel this question in episode fifty, just kind of joking around, because she does not; she's not a wrestling fan. She has sat through many Raws and Smackdowns, and pay-per-views with me at different times. But there's never been a moment that she was invested. The only time that she might have been would have been the Royal Rumble in 2013 when the Rock and Punk were wrestling. But I don't remember much from that night because I got trashed and then I threw a fit when Rock won with a damn people's elbow on on, uh, the best in the world at the time CM Punk. The Royal Rumble is over. And I'm going to circle back around to that before the show is over. It's been held. Uh, They didn't get booed out of Philly this time. But I was was just trying to debate. Just like I I said that Cody Rhodes was possibly the best wrestler in the world at the time of that podcast. I may have said he's my favorite wrestler at the time. But arguably, Cody had had such a good year. And had such a run up to that point of leaving um, WWE and then winning the um Ring of Honor Championship. Which he just recently dropped. Which means he he's held it for he ha- held it for several months. Cody had such a run that I would have arguably possibly said he was the best wrestler in the world at the time. Cause let's see. Wrestling is built on the build-up to big moments, how the performer performs in the ring, the fans' reaction, uh, their general popularity, things like that. So with that being said, because of the different promotions you can almost take consistency out of the scenario because there's no consistency in the WWE you may want to default to saying Brock is the best wrestler in the world because he's held the Universal Championship for almost a year now soon to be the longest reigning if he's not already cuz Owens had it from a couple weeks after SummerSlam 2016 until uh he faced Goldberg and lost it last February, I believe. So I think Brock may have passed him as the longest reigning Universal Champ. But at the same time it's Brock. <laughs> Brock is Full time, but not full time. He shows up for the pay per views in like one raw a month at best. And if her and if it's a longer time in between pay per views, we might not even see Brock on TV for four or five weeks. He doesn't have to be on TV. He is their number one draw right now. Roman might be the guy they. That is the face of the WWE, but Brock is the draw. Brock brings the people out. But I can't say he's the best wrestler in the world. <clears throat> Not from an overall standpoint. You can make that argument for Roman, but... Roman... i don't, Roman hasn't impressed me as much as he did following... When he came back from uh, his suspension last year, just hadn't shown me a lot. Seth is, I guess, going to feud with Jason Jordan now. So AJ is the closest to being the best in the world in WWE because Phenomenal One is going to Phenomenal. That's just what he does. Nakamura, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> He was great in the rumble But I don't get it I don't get what the big deal is I, I love his intro music His entrance music I love uh, the way he comes in But in the ring I have never had that moment Where I was like man this is amazing <coughs> Unfortunately I just just never clicked for me like that um, Could also throw Finn in there. Finn is on the way back up after getting buried and losing dumb matches on Raw for most of the end of last year. He's with the club now. He got the Balor Club going. Took a weird L to Cena uh, on, Raw, on recent Raw where he was out of the Elimination Chamber match. By the time you hear this, he may have found his way back into the Elimination Chamber But So who knows what's going on with Finn. Sammy and and Kevin are going to probably start feuding with each other. So that takes both of them off the table. So there's no one in the E, in the WWE, that you can really say is the best in the world, in my opinion. Then if you take it to other promotions, TNA is going to TNA. Eh, Whatever. They're losing people. ROH is going to ROH and continue to put on quality material, uh, pro- uh, put out quality product. Lucha Underground has lost momentum. I think they are coming back for another season, though, so th- there's still more lucha to be had. Thankfully, Ricochet just signed with WWE, so everybody's kind of waiting to see what's going to happen there. And in NXT, there's several people that could possibly. Be looked at as uh, the best wrestler in the world, I, I suppose. Like A- Adam Cole comes to mind. The the current NXT champ really has been impressing me. Elias on the main roster has been really impressing me, but he's not at best in the world level yet. Rusev is doing great things, but I'm just waiting on WWE to bury him again. And in New Japan, you have the Bullet Club. You have the Young Bucks. Young Bucks are cool. I I don't I don't mark over them too much, but they're okay. Of course, Cody's in New Japan. I'm not too familiar with the other wrestlers in New Japan, so forgive me. Then you got Kenny Omega. Who just re-signed for another year in New Japan. Squashing any rumors that he would be coming to WWE anytime soon. Kenny Omega would probably be most people's best wrestler in the world right now. Him and a certain individual. Who has a list. Put on a hell of a match. At Wrestle Kingdom 4. Or Wrestle, Queen, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12th on January 4th, put on a hell of a match, had a hell of a feud in a short time. All the things you want from a wrestling feud were right there for the taking. And then Jericho still showed up for Raw 25, and then went and started his tour with Fozzie. Ladies and gentlemen, my best wrestler in the world, with all that said, is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is in his 40s. He's been wrestling since the early 90s. Started in Canada. Made his way through a few independent promotions. Signed with WCW. I'm really sorry about my my cold. Signed with WCW. Uh, Did as much as he could with his character there. They never pushed him into the main event because of everybody above him having creative control. So I think he topped out at the cruiserweight TV champ level. But there was never a question that Jericho could go. Fast forward to 1999. The countdown clock on Raw. Finally stops counting down. Break the Walls down drops. Chris Jericho's on Raw. Jericho had his share of ups and downs to begin with. Uh, he did defeat Triple H for the um, WWE Championship. But then it was overturned because that was when Triple H was at maximum heel burial power. He, he later gained his footing and won the Undisputed Championship. And just was one of the uh, most consistent wrestlers in the company. Left for a few years where he... Uh, I, I guess this is when Fozzie started. He started his music career. Came back, and he had never really he had done a heel before in WWE, but there was no healing like the Chris Jericho run in the mid 2000s, late 2000s, when he was feuding with Shawn Michaels, and he th- he threw Shawn Michaels' head through a through a flat screen in 2008. It was it was incredible. Still one of my favorite raw moments, because I, I I mean it looked it looked real. It did not look like a shoot. It looked like a work. Is that right? Yeah. No. It looked like a shoot. <laughs> work is when you know something's fake. Shoot is when it it, it possibly is real or cl- as close to real as it can get. Heal Chris Jericho had a great run and then he left the company again. Shows back up in 2012 the challenge for his title, best in the world against CM Punk. Of course, they went on to have a great feud that culminated at Extreme Rules where Punk defeated him just like he did at WrestleMania 28. Again, I cannot recommend that WrestleMania 28 match enough <clears throat> between Punk and Jericho. It was intense. It was great. I can't remember if he left. No, no, no. He was still around. And then the Brazil incident happened. He got suspended over disrespecting the Brazilian flag. And then he came back. And then he he just kind of eventually worked out whatever his deal was. And went back to doing music. Then made spot appearances and stuff. It wasn't until his most recent run with WWE that he really, truly made an impact again. Because he came back. As a heel he, he turned himself into this heel the list of Jericho showed up came best friends of Kevin Owens. <clears throat> Kevin Owens won the universal championship. uh he helped Owens retain it for several months before Owens ended up getting uh, um 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 what's the word um um I'm um, squashed by Goldberg um shortly after the festival of friendship was. Destroyed by Owens. They're, they had their WrestleMania match, and then that was kind of it. And then Jer- Jericho was gone shortly after that, after a few spot dates, and he won the U.S. title. I think he may have won it twice, but I think it may have been once. I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. So so he left. Just did a couple spot dates. And then. Planning this new tour of Fozzie. And all of a sudden. He's wrestling Kenny Omega. The biggest American in New Japan wrestling. And the list of Jericho he uh. The list of Jericho, Jericho, it was a comedy heel for the most part. It wasn't a vicious heel. But with Omega, he went full-on vicious heel again. And it was amazing. From the press conference brawl to the video announcing he was going to wrestle Omega, Alpha versus the the Omega, the Alpha Club idea that he's the Alpha to Omega's Omega, and then for them to go out there and put on a match like they did at Wrestle Kingdom. Chris Jericho is the hottest wrestler in the world right now. And you know what he's doing? He's not tied to any company. I think he may have started a feud that could lead to another match with someone at New, in New Japan in the coming months. But he's on tour. He's not even in the business technically. He's not a full-timer. But Chris Jericho is the hottest wrestler in the world. The best in the world right now. If he had popped up at the Royal Rumble, the crowd would have lost their collective minds. So it's, I'm interested to see where Jericho goes from here because if he stays in New Japan for a while, then he's just going to continue to Build upon this run. Whenever he decides he wants to come back to WWE. Is when. I'm worried. But Right now Chris Jericho is my best wrestler in the world. I don't care. If you don't agree you just made the list. So as I speak. As you hear this. Next topic. As you hear this. And no, that's not going away. (laughs) I'm sorry, Angel. As I sit here, and you're listening this, it'll be a few days after whoever won the Super Bowl. Because your boy is being proactive and recording ahead of time. Because you're actually going to get, you'll hear. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to not put dates on things anymore so that when people listen to these they can they're not like oh well he recorded this then but then i just mentioned the super bowl and now i kind of told him myself that i'm recording this before the actual super bowl <laughs> even though you're listening to it after the super bowl ooh clairvoyant hyphen justin timberlake did whatever justin timberlake did i don't know yet <laughs> Hopefully he brought out Janet Jackson and kind of made up for that mess that happened all those years ago. That was the Panthers Super Bowl, right? The Panthers Patriots Super Bowl when that happened? Or was that Eagles Patriots? I think it was Panthers Patriots. The first Eagles Patriots. But let's talk about Justin Timberlake. He has a new album out. Man of the Woods. Have not listened to it yet. But the speculation going in because of the flannel and the little promo video he dropped announcing it. Him and the him in the Tennessee, where Wyoming, wherever Nebraska, wherever him and Beale have a home at with their with their son. I believe it's their son. Wherever they lay down their roots when she they're not working. Everybody thought he was going to make a a, a country pop hybrid thing. You got the first single. I don't remember what it was called. I've only listened to the first 40 seconds of it. I thought it was trash. I'm just saying. I I may have made this hot take before, but I thought that shit was trash. From there, we got um, Supplies, which is a dope-ass record. I really like supplies, and then there was another one that came out recently that I've not listened to, featuring somebody. But <laughs> this is this is solid. This is a solid podcast right here. But let's let's talk about Justin Timberlake for a minute, because Justin Timberlake is—he he's—you either love him or you don't. That that's where it lies. Nobody is meh or eh or he's okay on Justin Timberlake anymore. I'm trying to figure out when this happened, so to speak. And by my calculations, it would have to be in the period between the 2020 experience, one of two, and when he dropped the second part of 2020 experience. I'm thinking it was somewhere in there. He already was going bad movies never been super known never been known superly known never been awesomely known he's never been known for his acting like obviously he's been in the social network uh which got a lot of praise not necessarily for his part uh he was he was in that uh I can't think it was called that movie where everybody's has Tom on their arms and you can pay with Tom and had uh, Amanda Seyfried in it. And I watched the um, Cinema Sins <laughs> video on that, and they tore it to shreds. It was awesome. He was in that Ben Affleck movie that that bombed. I think it. I think that was around the time of 2020 Experience Two of Two actually. So he was in that, watching his car pull in. What are you doing, car? Are you turning around? You are parking. Okay. I don't know why. Just just leave me alone, bro. I'm over here working. And the mo the most I guess it, it maybe well no not even maybe it's a kids movie, the most successful movie he's been in is Trolls where he played the character of uh, Branch (laughs) and a funny thing is uh, Aaliyah has been into Trolls has seen Trolls, owned Trolls for almost a year and I'm just now getting around to watching all of it because I've seen so many parts of it but I've never sat down with her to watch it it's actually a lot funnier than it has any business being and let me tell you that soundtrack is fire fire that soundtrack is fire because we listen to that a lot in the car when Ali is with us. And it's really good. Not so much can't stop the feeling because I was can't stop the feeling out by twenty the end of the summer twenty sixteen. But the other songs are really good. Shout out to Anna Kendrick. What up though? But when did Justin make this turn where people suddenly thought he was a douchebag? Because musically, he went away from 2006 when Future Sex Love Silence came out. All the way up until the 2020 Experience Part 1. And that was 2012 when that came out. If I'm not mistaken. 20 th- 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 when did Magna Carta come out? 2013. When I came out. And then I think he came back out with. The other part either later. In 2013 or 2014. But. Somewhere Justin went from being. This. Former boy band member. Who did good by the. R&B. Rap world so to speak. I always thought he did. I never like. Obviously yes. He was appropriating our culture. But he had such big cosigns. It's not like when Miley did it, I mean, she had Mike Will made it as her cosign. There was nobody else out there from the from black music saying, yo, Miley Cyrus is dope. That I recall. Off the top of my head. I approve everything Miley's doing. I'm all for it. There there was nothing like that. But with but with Justin, you had Pharrell co-signing him. You had Tim or Timberlake, Timberland signing him, co-signing him, doing his records. And the talent was just amazing. So maybe I missed the part where he dropped the ball at the Super Bowl about the whole nipple gate. Because I, I read... I was reading some of it. I think it was Zane Lowe he sat down with recently uh, to do an interview about the new album and everything what he's been up to. And he... I guess he never formally apologized for it. I think there was like a statement, but there was never, never any kind of concession like, yo, I fucked up. And somebody called him out on Twitter on it. And he was like... Why do I need to... Well, or something about appropriating culture on Twitter. And he responded back to that. And then he got roasted for that. And... For appropriating black culture. And then... During the interview... They asked him about... Janet... And like have, Like... You ever... I don't even know if the question directly was... Have you ever apologized to Janet? But it was like... He said everything... But... Yes... So it seems like he never took the proper credit for Nipplegate. Wardrobe malfunction or not. That changed the course of Janice's career. She's she's kind of recovered. It's never hurt her as far as sales goes. But there's at least two or three albums that came out after that that was just hurt by what had happened at the Super Bowl. And obviously, they're incident is why there's a 6 second delay on any live feed in case things like that ever happen again. It was a huge huge cluster when that went down. So apparently he's never owned up for that. Now, then you just take if you look at his the way that whenever he what am I getting at? When whenever he talks <laughs> A lot of times it's open mouth, open mouth, insert, 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 foot, insert foot with him. He's always saying some I don't know, and, and I, I think it has a lot to do with the changing times, with the times up and the Me Too era coming into full effect, and the it's hard being woke twenty four seven coming into effect. We're just like, man, what? What are you doing, oh, baby? What is you doing? He kind of stayed. Oh, Justin still likes to have fun. Whenever he got with Jimmy Fallon to do the history of rap stuff, they would do that, and that was cool. But it, it, my my thing. My thing is, there was a period before he married Jessica Biel, where he was going between Jessica Biel and Cameron Diaz, and he was kind of waffling. Well, well, whatever it was, like in the tabloids, it would always be like he'd be out with one of them, or th- this is new, new hot I- item, and and of course he's thrown shade at, at Brittany for their relationship now, and and he just seems like he feels he he thinks that he's. Bigger than what he actually is. And then when you get to his actual marriage to Jessica Biel. I don't know. Maybe it's me. But you try to. You do your vows. And one of your vows is normally you want to honor your wife. Honor your spouse. Don't put yourself in front of her. Or like before her. And anytime that these two are out in public. It just seems to be all about him. Case in point... Saw a... Probably Instagram story of Jessica Biel... Uh, in the car... On the way to the, uh, the, 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 the... The Golden Globes... Wearing black... Justin's wearing black... Got his toms up stuff on... And they're listening to his new song... And Justin's... Ju- I believe... Justin was in the... She might have been in front... And Justin was sitting in the back... And Justin's like rocking out... But I could be wrong... Jessica been in front... But the thing was... It was her, obviously her choice to post it, but the way it looks, and they weren't even sitting together. They're on the way to the to the Globes, probably by Uber, probably by private driver. Who knows? But when you want to like sit with your wife, your beautiful wife, who was hell, she's still gorgeous. But back in the days of the maximum, the maximum Hot 100, she was always on the list. One of the most, hate to say it this way, coveted fantasy girls in men's minds, and you kind of treat her like she's a three. <laughs> and I hate to put in those terms, because I mean, I, I mean, as it's hard being woke twenty four seven, but at saying that time I'm still a man, so I, I appreciate how gorgeous Escobio is, and just doesn't seem like he is. There's a picture. I think it might have been a magazine cover, right? And they took it either right after they got married or the day they got married. Jessica is sitting on a couch in her white gown, smiling, looking happy. And then this this nigga Justin (laughs) is jumping in the air. Look at me! I got married, everybody! (laughs) Look what I did! Look at me! That's what it is. Justin has no subtlety. Look at me. That's all. That's what it is every single time. I still love the first part of Twenty Twenty Experience. The second part was meh. Future Sex Love sounds as a classic. Justified is dope. The Insync stuff was Insync stuff, and it made him into what he was now. But Justin does has never turned off the look at me switch. And when we have to look at him, like after Nipplegate, he's like, nah, 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 dog, look over there. Look at her. Don't look at me. That wasn't me. And he pretty much left a severe black mark on the career of one of our biggest remaining female musicians in the game over Nipplegate. And apparently he's never owned up to it. I'm going to check out Man of the Woods. If I could just get Justin Timberlake's music without dealing with the actual person, then that'd be great. That'd be great. Funny thing is, um, when me and Angel were doing the music for our wedding, the song that we actually, when we got introduced to the reception, the song we actually came out to was... uh, that was "Mirrors" by Justin Timberlake. It wasn't the first part of it, though. It was right after the main song that they actually played on the radio. After that song, and then the the beat changed, and and he just kind of did the the riffs over it. That's the part we came into, and it was dope. It was fire. Shout out to uh, Low Key. Uh, I don't know if he still runs. You heard that new but shout out to Low Key because he actually took all the 2020. um because on the first part of the 2020 experience there's like several super long songs that do a switch like towards the end and they become this whole new thing he actually put out a project a few years ago well let's say a, a little remix thing where he just put out the ends of those songs and you don't have to listen to the whole song and it's pretty, pretty incredible by itself next topic and our last topic The 2018 Royal Rumble. Wow. I have to say about the Men's Royal Rumble that that was impressive. I've been listening to... I've heard a couple opinions on the show before I recorded this. Listened to the Masked Man Show. Read some stuff online, of course. And I know on episode 31 I defended the Royal Rumble last year talking about how I liked the Randy one. but of course nobody knew that the Randy Bray feud would turn out as bad as it did despite the fact that I liked the House of Horrors match but honestly Luke Harper should have been in that match at Wrestlemania and it was a really boring match and Randy went over made no sense. Killed all of Bray's momentum that they had spent all that time building up. So while in hindsight, I definitely don't love that Rumble as much as I thought I would. But this Rumble has to be the most fun I've had watching a Royal Rumble since the 2012 Royal Rumble. And that's the match where Jericho finally announced he's going to come back after like coming out and not say anything for weeks at a time. There you go, another best in the world reference. And finally, he's like, oh, I'm being the Royal Rumble. And everybody's like, Oh, well, Jericho's going to win the Royal Rumble because one, he's never won it. And then 2 it'll set up his match with CM Punk and they swerved us and put it on Sheamus. Which in hindsight was great because, of course, Sheamus went over Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds at WrestleMania, 32 to 28. The Yes Champ was over by then. And then the rest is history. Daniel Bryan up until his unfortunate retirement that he's still being forced into. But the Rumble match was excellent. There was no stupid entries. I was fine with the hurricane. Rey Mysterio looked awesome. He had his shirt off wrestling for the first time in years. Looked to be in 2006. Peak Rey Mysterio condition. I think he still has the record for the longest time in the Rumble too uh, in 2006 so great to see Ray back Uh, he made it to the Final Five Finn had a great showing Roman looked great um, losing to Shinsuke Um, he was the second to last person and Shinsuke eliminated him to win the Rumble match I love the fact that they brought back the fact that the winner of the rumble can choose who they're going to go face, versus being stuck on uh, going for their brand's title. Because last year I don't remember that happening, because it was just because uh, Ra- Randy immediately. I mean Bray Bray wasn't the champion yet because um, Cena had just won the WWE Championship off of off of. Uh, AJ, the night of the Rumble. So everybody's like, oh, God, we're going to get Randy um, Randy Cena at WrestleMania again. And uh, don't quote me, but I don't think they've ever wrestled WrestleMania. But not that we want to see that again. But then, of course, Bray took it off Cena Elimination Chamber. So we got Bray versus Orton. Um, and then last year, I mean, Goldberg was in the Rumble. Uh, Lesnar was uh, no longer the champion. No, no, no. Lesnar wasn't the champion yet. Um, Kevin Owens was still the champion. And he had a match against Roman last year. So both Roman and Owens were out of the Rumble last year. Um, Goldberg and Brock and Undertaker were all in it. And then I think Goldberg eliminated Brock. Undertaker eliminated Goldberg. And then uh, Goldberg was out after that. Vice versa. ah uh. Who else was impressive? my man my man Dolph came in at number thirty and everybody's hopes went up and they were immediately deflated. Welcome back, Dolph. <laughs> my man Dolph can't get no love, man. what the hell I, I mean, I can't remember how the furthest he's lasted. I mean, I know he was in that one rumble with Jericho. they lasted like forty some minutes each. That might have been third scene or something like that. Uh, but besides that, Dolph hasn't had a decorated Rumble history. Uh, anything else? Rusev Day is way over. He got thrown out. Kofi didn't really get a shot at doing anything, of course. So there goes Eric's fantasy booking idea. But his was money, based on money in the bank. So maybe, maybe not. Uh, New Day, we're all tossed. Uh Kofi did his uh I Didn't Get Eliminated spot with the Pancakes. That was fun. Uh, Almas from NXT came up. Adam Cole was in it. Uh, Ty Dillinger got attacked at number 10 by Sami Zayn, who took his spot. Seth was in it. My man Seth was looking strong, but he turned his back on the big dog, man. What, what do you expect was gonna happen? But It was a lot of fun. I really can't think of anything. I was like, well, they could have done that better. And they actually kept competitors in the ring. And that's something that I feel like a lot of years is missing. That they don't uh, get everybody in the ring as much as possible. And it's like you got these maybe four people and it's a Royal Rumble. (coughs) Excuse me. You bring out the fifth guy. And then they get eliminated, and you just don't get your full value of the Royal Rumble. But this year, I definitely think we did. And far be it from me to point this out, but your boy John Cena worked heel that whole match. That whole match, there was not a bit of babyface in John Cena. And then he turned right around and did it against Finn the next night on Raw. So... Cena I am far be it from me to say that Cena is gonna turn heel, but Cena's working heel. He is working heel. Like I I don't know whether that's intentional or that's just the way it's coming off, but John Cena worked heel in the rumble and he worked heel against Finn. And I, I'm interested to see um where that goes going forward if he still gets the Undertaker match. Does he go full heel? Do we get American Badass Taker? Do we even still get this match? Because now I'm hearing, I'm hearing that he has a feud with Elias that they have to do now, and some other. Joe's supposed to be back in March, and that was a rumored uh, opponent for Cena at some point. So no one's really quite sure where that's going. But just watch, watch the next time you watch your boy wrestle. He's doing heel shit, and it's not to the point of. I'm a face, but I can do what I want. It's it's kinda like out outright heelish things. Like once he gets in that ring and does his uh throws his hands up and everything, he's he's been playing it pretty heel. Jason Jordan is hurt. Uh by the time you hear this, he um will have had major neck surgery to repair nerve damage, essentially. He he couldn't even grip things. So He's gonna be out indefinitely. Changes WrestleMania plans because Seth was probably going to face Jordan. Now, <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> Jason Jordan is gone. So who knows what happens with Seth? Seth and the um and Jason dropped to the bar to so the bar are now. Like what three or four time uh Raw Tag Team Champions, and of course Sheamus is dealing with that his own uh, neck issues. And it's the same thing that put Edge out. I don't know how much longer he's gonna be able to wrestle for. And if you notice with Seamus in the last few months, he's he's not doing near as much of stuff as he as he was doing before. And Cesaro's holding um handling a lot of the actual bumping. And Sheamus is more of a hot tag kind of guy. The bar is still one of the best tag teams on Raw though so I'm glad to see them get those belts back in the other division we had the Usos versus um, American Alpha 2.0 and they soundly beat American Alpha 2.0 Like I turned my head after the first pinfall thinking I'd have a few minutes before American Alpha got theirs and the Usos rolled them up and won the Usos are on fire they're easily the hottest tag team in WWE right now Funny that I say that, considering at one point I couldn't stand the Usos and I thought their intro took too long. But this heel turn... <coughs> this heel turn has been phenomenal for them. Absolutely great. And they're few with the New Day and anybody they're working with. They just make them look like superstars and they look like superstars too. So that was awesome. Uh, Brock and and Kane and Braun was exactly what I thought what, thought it'd be Braun apparently hit Brock with some real strikes and then Brock came back with some real strikes of his own But besides that they completed the match life went on Brock went over pinned Kane uh, they protected Braun Braun is super over he's a face believe it or not and they gotta get this belt off Lesnar man they just got to. At this point, I don't even know what you have to do. Cause, well, obviously, you have Roman face him at, at WrestleMania, and Roman's got you got to figure out how to get Roman his title shot. <coughs> it, it looks like uh, the Elimination Chamber pay per view will have an elimination Elimination Chamber match for the number one contendership. So. I'm guessing Roman will win the Elimination Chamber and go on to face Brock. But y'all, they've got to get this belt off of these same people. Like, l- look at the history. <coughs> Excuse me. First ever to- first ever Universal match. Finn goes over Roman. And it's Roman. I mean, Finn versus Seth at SummerSlam. Finn wins. Finn gets hurt. Bell gets dropped. So they do another match. And this time, when it looks like Seth is going to win it and Triple H is going to hand it to Seth, he turns on Seth and hands it to Kevin Owens. Owens has the belt from SummerSlam until Fastlane, I want to say it was Fastlane, last year when Goldberg beat him in a squash match because Jericho distracted him. Gerberg, Gerberg. Goldberg held the belt for one month, roughly. From Fastlane until Mania when he dropped it back to Brock. And then Brock has been your champion for almost a year now. They keep trying to tell us that because this is the flagship show's belt. That this is the most important championship belt in the company. And it just doesn't feel like it. It This feels like a bunch of of bullpucky, man. They got to get this belt off Brock. And they got to find a way to... Make this damn belt count, and they and doing the open challenge isn't going to do it. I don't want to see Roman come out every week, but like, who wants some of the big dog? And no offense to Roman, I love Roman, but and then somebody tried down and lose to Roman. There has to be some kind of stakes. And I was thinking about it while I was listening to the mass Man show earlier today. The last time I feel like a match really had stakes, <laughs> really had stakes, was. When Brock and Owens... Not Brock and Owens... Um, Goldberg and Owens were getting ready to wrestle at Fastlane. That felt like... An actual... Match with Stakes. I felt like if... If they hadn't had one with the Jericho angle... If... Goldberg would have been able to wrestle past 5 minutes... I feel like that would have been a hell of a match. Of course Goldberg's limitations are... Are still going to be there. But... <coughs> Excuse me, damn cold. But it <coughs> just seemed like there were stakes involved. That these two were gonna kill each other. You were about to see a real wrestling match that had and and Braun and Roman kinda had that a little bit. But then they just went over it's kind of like they've gotten so cartoony in a feud. Obviously, they don't like each other. Uh, they have great matches together, but those stakes are now gone. There there has to be some kind of weight to this Universal Championship, and it's never had it. And the few times that it did, once the festif- Festival of uh, Friendship began with Owens and Jericho, it became more about Jericho's helping Kevin keep the belt, and then it became Goldberg has a belt, and he beat Owens and he beat Brock. And he gets and Brock gets his rematch, and now it's been Brock Lesnar Smash since then. They got to figure out something. So, once they put this belt on Roman at WrestleMania, man, I'll be really interested to see if they do anything to really bring some luster to that Universal Championship because the IC title and the WWE Championship are the biggest belts in the company. More important than the the Universal. Uh, Speaking of the WWE Championship, Phenomenal 1 AJ Styles retained over Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn after even after a controversial ending where Zayn was trying to tag in um, Owens. It didn't work. Zayn ended, ended up getting thrown out. Owens came in And then AJ ended up pinning Owens. Was how that ended. And they went to talk to Shane. And Shane said, I saw it. And I don't care. Yep. Whatever. No big deal. Life goes on. Um, Bobby Roode had his first title defense against uh, Mojo Rawley. They took Mojo out of the Rumble so they could give Adam Cole into the Rumble. Adam Cole was going to be Bobby Roode's challenger. But then when they realized the stakes... Hey, but, and they're like, oh, this is going to be on a pre-show. Why do we want to call up NXT guy, Adam Cole, who's super over in NXT and well rena- uh, world-renowned before he even got the NXT? Why do we want to put him in a, a short match with Bobby Roode that we can't even give him the win for? Let's switch around and let Mojo lose. So that was fine. Um, anything else before we get to the women's match? Um all the belts, nothing really major happened, so, main thing we saw from Women's Royal Rumble, lots and lots of divas of the past, apparently, the plan, (coughs) excuse me, the plan was not to have so many legends in there, so many divas of the past, but... They all kept calling saying I want to be in the first ever Women's Royal Rumble and WWE happily obliged. But honestly, don't need Jacqueline. Don't need um. Oh my god, I can't think of her name. Molly Holly was fine. Uh don't need like Lita and Trish. Trish looked awesome. Lita looked awesome. I thought Trish had a real chance at did Trish make it to the Final Four? I can't remember. I feel like she didn't. I feel like uh, Sasha eliminated her before they got to the Final Four. Yeah. Final Four was the Bellas, uh, Sasha, and Asuka. Um... What is her name? Because... Tori. Don't need Tori in there. Kelly Kelly, fine, I guess. Beth was amazing. Um... Shout out to Beth Phoenix, man. Always been a fan of the Glamazon. Carrie Zane, Sane was awesome. Uh but I. The funny thing is, as we we're going through the Rumble, I had forgotten about Bailey. <laughs> when Bailey's music hit, music hit, I was like, "Oh yeah, Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey's gonna wrestle. Like, duh." It's it's interesting to see just follow if you just look at Bailey's career from the time she got caught up to now. It's just a bunch of question marks along the way. I feel like you could have taken out like <clears throat> four of the divas at least. Oh, Michelle McCool. I expected a lot more from her. Because, honestly, she was one of the divas that I felt like could really go a little bit. But, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like she's had a cancer scare in recent years. She's undergone on, on treatment. I mean, she is older. Um, so, she might not have been as, in as best physical condition as she once was. Or could have been. Uh, um, Vicky... was stupid. Really? You could have had her still yell, excuse me and all that and not enter the Rumble. Like, what a waste of spot. I'd rather have seen her on on Raw 25, personally. So I could have done without Vicky. But as far as the match went, it was okay. I wasn't wowed by it. I mean, I know it was the first one. It hurt that Two of their best wrestlers weren't in it with Charlotte and Alexa holding um, holding the belts. I thought Stephanie should have gotten in there. I'm glad Rousey wasn't in it. Because then you can't put Rousey in and then expect her to not win it immediately. You know... Uh, I I've had higher hopes for Becky I really hope 2018 is better to Becky than the past year has been big Becky fan uh, I love Carmella I'm a, I'm really on the Carmella train now man big Carmella fan but all in all I loved uh, Nikki turning on Brie love Sasha and Trish love Trish versus Mickey that callback Love Sasha throwing out Becky a lot. Sasha worked heel too, <coughs> and I think we're close to finally getting her as a heel in the main roster, and not a team bad heel. I mean, a the boss heel. I think we're close to getting that back, and that's important. Sasha worked heel that whole match, but Asuka did go over. She won over Nikki. Um. It was it was it was, a, it was the last. Once you got down to that last six or so, that's when it really got good. And then of course, Shinsuke announced earlier tonight he was going after AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. They're going to have a rematch of their New Japan match that was well received from a few years ago in the WWE, which is crazy. And they went to go ask the same thing of Asuka. They and Charlotte and Alexa, come in. Who do you want to face and? Then Ronda Rousey's reputation music hits, and she comes out in hot rod gear with a jacket that's way too big and <coughs> hot rod themed clothing. And she's smiling. And um, she gets in the ring. She points the WrestleMania sign. She shakes Stephanie's hand. Stephanie no cells, knowing what's going on. And it's just weird ending. Obviously. That's why the women went last, besides it being the fact it was the first women's Royal Rumble. Which is enough, in my opinion, that she sure went last. But I don't think it would have been enough without the fact Rousey was going to be there. But her whole appearance just fell flat, man. She just seems too damn happy. And nobody's seen Ronda happy before. I mean, outside of... Um, her non-matches in the UFC. We're used to her being a fucking killer. You know? And see her so damn happy. Cause I'm clapping along if you feel like I'm moving around the room. Cause so happy. I wish Ronda's music was happy. Can you imagine? Do, do, do. It might seem crazy, but I'm trying to say. ding do, 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 Can you see Rhonda bouncing down the, the ramp to the happy? Cause I clap along if you think I'm gonna put you in a hole. Cause I'll ha- and don't think that I won't put you in a fit to do. Cross arm breaker and I'm gonna be the champ. Cause I'm Rhonda. <laughs> Somebody hire me. Yo, real, let me borrow that real quick. We'll make something at least as fun. <clears throat> and then, of course, Asuka didn't pick. And I don't think Asuka's picked even now. They're holding the suspense. Because, spoilers, it's either going to be Ronda actually will be wrestling for one of the belts. Um, or, more than likely, we're going to get Triple H and Stephanie versus Ronda... And Braun, or, 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 if, if, if he's available, The Rock at WrestleMania in her first match. Oh, and for anybody who saw that interview, that she's her life now, she's full-time. Apparently, she's working the Brock Lesnar schedule. So, don't get your hopes up about seeing her all the time, unfortunately. But who knows? Things could change. (laughs) She's still... She's a busy lady. I, I think that covers everything about the Rumble, though. We got the tag team belts and the Universal and the WWE and the Rumbles. It, it was definitely a good-ass pay-per-view. Great men's Rumble match. And I'm, I am am surprised they didn't troll Philly again with having Roman go over, but Shinsuke works. Still not... I still don't know how I feel about Shinsuke. I don't know. Uh, uh, hopefully this AJ Styles uh, match will kind of put me in its corner, but I just don't see it. I don't see it yet, but that's just me. Oh, and NXT TakeOver uh, Philly was phenomenal. Um, go watch that, and, and I recommend you watch Rumble first if you haven't watched either one. <laughs> And build yourself up to take over because takeover is a thousand times better than the Rumble. It almost and uh, your boy, uh, oh, oh, Gargano, Gargano. They got five stars from Brad Meltzer, not Brad Meltzer, uh, Dave Meltzer. Brad Meltzer's the uh, writer. Last WWE match to get that Money in the Bank 2011. CM Punk versus John Cena. (laughs) So, serious biz, man. Check that out. An Extreme Rules match with Aleister Black and your boy, uh, Adam Cole, baby, uh, was also very good. So, there's my recommendations right there. Uh, Did I have any recommendations, like normal recommendations, to give y'all before I get on out of here? Before I do that infamous show closing... Uh oh, I do. Here we go. Um, no, that's 51. Actually, wait, this is episode 51. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. So, um, just in case you missed it, episodes 23 and 26 of Drink Champs has Snoop Dogg on them. I put that in the show notes on for episode 50. I don't know if you caught it. Uh Snoop is awesome in those episodes. Don't quote me. Look at the show notes for 50, but I, I think it's 23 and 26 that they appeared on. Uh, that Snoop appeared on on Drink Champs. Fun time there. Bill Simmons and Jalen Rose did their first podcast together. First thing together since Simmons was let go or not re-signed by WWE. Um, all those like in 20, when was that? 2015 when that happened. So they got together and did a reunion podcast and that's very good. Uh, went back and started listening to Combat Jack again. Rest in peace, Combat Jack. Uh two episodes actually. I'm gonna go ahead and throw this this other one in. One is with uh Fonte of Little Brother and Foreign Exchange fame. And that is a wonderful episode. And it, and it's uh kind of it's sad because there's one point where where Jack Reggie mentioned something about when I die, they're gonna, uh, they're gonna, because, because, uh, Fonte's making a point about not having a lot of music recorded that he's never released, so that when he passes, there's not gonna be all this music that could come out. And they're making jokes about Jack, uh, Combat Jack when he's gone. And he was like, Yeah, when I die, they're gonna, they're gonna be going through all these archives and everything, and, you know, and now he's gone, so who knew? And another scary part about the episode. (laughs) <laughs> they recorded it a few months and t- it was like late 2016, I think it came out September 2016 Prince passed in April and somehow they got on the topic of a little brother doing something together again uh, Pooh and Knife and Fonte and Fonte was talking about how uh, how little time that we all have and it, it, and they want to do something to kind of put a proper feather in the cap of little brother um, and not just leave it at I think was a Get Back the last album they did and that was Without Knife uh, they wanted to kind of he was saying if I'd like to put a punctuation point on a, a period at the end of it punctuation mark you know and if it becomes more after that that's fine but whether it be a project a song or or a tour just something and then Jack said something about reconnecting with Dallas Penn who started the show with combat when it started all those years ago. And he's talking about reaching out to Dallas Penn about, Hey, let's get together. Life's short. Uh, let's, let's bring this thing back together. Now Reggie's not there anymore. So, but first one, I also want to recommend the to Porter episode. <coughs> if you don't know, Denon, he's better known as Mr. Porter, the producer or con artist from D12 uh, he released the EP... I want to say it was in 20... 2012 might be too far, but it was a few years ago. He released an EP called Stuff in My Backpack. The Denon the Porter episode of Combat Jack. They actually go through and play a lot of the music. It's hella impressive. So I recommend Stuff in My Backpack and the Non Porter episode of Combat Jack. And then the last one is a little app I use called Pocket... And if you know me, you know I'm an avid reader of articles on the internet. But I don't I finally got past that point of wanting to have all the uh whatchamacallits. Uh oh, saving all the bookmarks and everything. And I used to use this thing called Delicious back in the day. I don't even know if delicious is still opening. It was like D E L dot I C O I dot us. <coughs> and you saved all your links in there. I don't even know if they still exist. But I uh, heard of Pocket before, and then Firefox started integrating Pocket into its browser. And then finally, within the past 18 months or so, I've really been saving stuff in the Pocket. And let me tell you, I don't have access to much anymore at work, but the fact I can get it on Pocket and then read stuff that I've saved over however long And read it in between stuff that I'm supposed to be doing is amazing. So make sure you check out the Pocket app. They got apps in both of the main app stores and they also got the regular website. So you can read it on your um, browser on your computer. So those are my recommendations. (laughs) Let me put in a cough drop before we get into this because I got to say, got to say everything. Episode 51 in the books, man. So. If you want to be a part of the hyphenation, take yourself to Apple Podcasts. We're calling it Apple Podcasts now. That's what they call it on the ringer. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. Type in hyphenation. I need you to subscribe. I need you to rate. I need you to review. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode of Hyphenation. As soon as it hits Apple Podcasts, you got it in your podcast list of advice. Then I need you to rate the show and review it if you feel froggy. If so, I'll read your review on the show, good or bad. And the more you rate the show, especially if it's five stars, I want five stars. Give me five stars. Give me five stars. Give me five stars. Because the more you do that, the more the Apple Podcast algorithm picks it up, more exposure the show gets, more people get involved with this. And everybody deserves to be a part of the Barack Obama approved. World's Greatest Podcast Yeah So that's how you do an Apple Podcast For all my Android people Google Play Music Go to Podcast-Nation It's right there Feeds a little faster than Apple Podcast So you get the episodes just a little bit sooner So for all my people Still fighting a good fight for Android Make sure you uh, <laughs> Same thing Rate, review, subscribe I'll read the reviews on there too uh, Stitcher for my Stitcher people. Type in hyphenation. All the episodes are right there. Pocket Cast, tune in app. You can also find every episode of hyphenation on, excuse me, <coughs> every episode of hyphenation on Victory Jump Off. That's my website, victoryjumpoff.wordpress.com. Also on the hyphen podcast group hyphen podcast group.wordpress.com you can find it on both of those sites if you go to google type in hyphenation last I checked we were the very bottom entry on the first page we made the first page bro Yep. Yeah. if you don't want to scroll down type in hyphenation podcast it'll be right there you can listen at your leisure you can go to youtube.com slash be hyphen or hyphen universe on YouTube until the end of February. And then I will be able to change my name back to Helen Conley. But youtube.com slash be hyphen or hyphen universe. All the episodes are on YouTube. You can also uh, like and uh, definitely like the hyphen universe page and like the hyphen podcast group page because all the podcasts, it's like a podcast or whatever. Uh, Browns and our blood when it's running. Fancy football bosses when it's running. Lane sports show whatever that's going to be again uh, when it's running. All those videos that go on the YouTube channel go into the um, video feed for hyphen podcast group. So you can watch all those videos on Facebook as well. Um, so those are available there. I always forget to mention that. So like the hyphen universe podcast, hyphen podcast group page and hyphen universe page if you, if you want to. More about the hyphen podcast group. And really, if you want to go to feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphen nation twenty sixteen, take that RSS feed. Put it into your favorite podcast listening device. Turn that some bitch sideways. Put it into your favorite podcast listening device. You can get all fifty-one episodes of Fire in your favorite podcast listening device. And that's how you do it. If you want to contact the show. B hyphen on Twitter. B H Y P H E N. Think about starting a, a hyphen nation podcast or hyphen nation Twitter. Uh, but then the only thing would we'll come across would literally be the episodes. I don't know if it'd be worth it. Let me know if there's any interest in that. I think the way I kind of work it now is, is okay though. So it's okay. Also on Facebook again hyphen universe. That's facebook.com slash hyphen universe. You can message me there. You can leave replies there. Like the page. Let me know how you feel about anything. I'm here for you. Maybe I'll give you. I don't know what I did. <laughs> and then finally, if you want to be old fashioned, be hyphen at gmail.com. Send me an email i read that on the show as long as with permission of course. You say don't read this. It's not if you're reading this it's too late. Nope. I will not read it on the air. Okay. Okay cupcake. Muscle up buttercup. Alright. So finally. <sighs> yeah we at the end. Call your loved ones. Tell them how much they mean to you. Send them an email, send them a tweet, send them a message on Facebook. Have genuine interactions with people to the best of your ability. The power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be. Do you and do what's best for you. You won't regret it. Enjoy your weekend. I will be with you guys soon. As always, I appreciate every single one of y'all. Shout out to Derek Ferguson. Shout out to Derek Wright. Shout out to uh, Kel Carpenter. Shout out to all my listeners. Everybody takes time to listen to me. I really appreciate it, guys. It means the world to me. I am Kellen Conley. This has been Hyphenation. Thanks, y'all.